Hello and happy summer solstice to everybody listening in the northern hemisphere. And I guess if you're in the southern hemisphere, I'm sorry, winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, we welcome everybody here to uh, the season two premiere of Menace Podman, your NBA and fantasy basketball podcast. I, of course, am Scott Keller, along with Steve St. Pierre. Um, today is Wednesday, June 21st, and that's just a little bit important here as we record this because <laughs> it is NBA Draft Eve. Uh, NBA Draft is tomorrow, the day after we record this, and the week leading up to the draft got really, really hot. <laughs> got pretty interesting <laughs> here. Um, and you called it, you you said it out in the last podcast, and then you said leading up into July yep. here, it's going to be pretty crazy. So, um, And it was exactly that. We had trade rumors. We actually had a trade confirmed here we'll talk about um, mm-hmm. suspension doled out uh, we had some c- crazy um, <laughs> insane stories with a particular nba player that just keep getting spicier um <laughs> i don't know if we want to brush on that but uh i'll leave it up to you <laughs> yeah it's it's been a crazy week but uh you know it's, it's just the way it is <laughs> that's what's going on after it's after like we the, said we yeah. said it last episode the nba never stops yeah so so yeah, you were spot on, and uh, we had our champion last week, Denver crowned, and now we move on to the 2023-2024 season. So let's get started. Name on your paper, first thing. So I saw this on Twitter, and you brought it up actually to me um, through text the exact same day. Um, there was a report on Tony Snell, a uh, former yeah. NBA player. He... Uh, just background on him. Grew up in LA. He was the 20th pick in the 2013 NBA draft. He spent nine seasons in the NBA, kind of bounced around. Um, but it says, I never even actually heard of this team. I assume it's the what developmental Celtics, the main Celtics. Yep. Um, so he's a member of them, I believe, currently. Um, when he was in the NBA, averaged 10.8 points, 5.9 boards. Uh, or actually, in the last season he played. That's what he averaged. But nonetheless, that's a little background on him. Um, but his son was diagnosed with autism in 2022, 20, 2023, I think. I don't know. I don't know when he was diagnosed, actually. I don't have that date. But nonetheless, his son was already diagnosed with autism. Um, and Tony Snell, I quote, he felt different. You know, he always felt different and he could never pinpoint why. And then the story broke. He actually got tested, you know, just I think just recently here. Um, yeah, 31. He built up the courage to get tested. Um, and then he wasn't surprised to learn he was actually diagnosed, um, with autism as well. So interesting story. Um, it says he was pretty relieved, um, that he felt the way he did. So he kind of had a reason for that. I don't know what all those things that he felt there, but I'm sure, you know, it had to be pretty crazy, but everything in his life was just a little off. So it was nice. Yeah. He mentioned, yeah. He mentioned that growing up, he just had a really, you know, tough time with expressing, himself expressing his emotions and just overall communication was sometimes an issue for him. And so he always kind of had that thought in the back of his mind that there was something, but, you know, of course it's more at the forefront now, a lot of, you know, mental health and, and, you know, just a lot of testing. It's a lot more prevalent now than it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And, yeah, it, it's a different world we live in now, but um, in any case, yeah, he's been officially diagnosed, and yet, like you said, he's still playing. He's in the G League right now, and yep. you know, still keeping his career going. Um, he's a former Piston. He played, you know, with us here in Detroit 
during the 2019-2020 season, uh, right before the uh, shutdown and all that fun stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great story. It's just a great, you know, um, great opportunity to show that like anybody can, you know, do whatever they, you know, are able to do as long as they, you know, set their mind to it and, and just communicate, you know, if you feel like you've got something on your mind or something isn't right, speak up, you know, don't hold back, make sure you, you know, tell someone and, and go from there. No, precisely. And, uh, actually some, some other good stuff came out of this too. Cause he, uh, obviously there's other foundations everybody can support and I'm sure there's a, just a autism foundation you can support if you ever wanted mm -hmm. to. Um, but Tony Snell also created the Tony Snell Foundation, though, um, and he's let's see, quote here to to be a beacon of hope for those touched by autism. Um, so they actually partnered up with Special Olympics, and they're just helping people in underprivileged communities get access to uh, testing. So, pretty cool yeah. thing out there. Good thing he's doing, and uh, yeah, support the cause if you can. And like you said too, he's a very well-respected veteran player. You know, he is a bit of a journeyman. He's been on a lot of teams, but you know, he's a, you know, a solid role player and just everywhere he's been, you know, he's made a, a valuable contribution. He's a good two-way player. He's one of those three and D type guys. And, um, you know, I think there's a good chance that he makes it back into the NBA, but even if he doesn't, he's had a hell of a career for himself. And, um, yeah, it just seems like a really good dude. Yep. So that's our good news to start off the podcast. And now let's get into some news. I think first thing we should touch on is the actual trade that went through. And I know you get all the details on that. Yeah. Uh, huge trade. It was announced the other day on Father's Day. Um, the Phoenix Suns, our boy, Matt Ishbia, Michigan State. That's the one. <laughs> Michigan State legend. Uh, Matt Ishbia is coming in. And like we said, he's just... He's, he's going for it. He's just rolling the dice. He is getting all these guys together and just getting the super team going here and going to give it a try. That approach hasn't been really successful in the NBA, um, but he's going to go for it. He has acquired Bradley Beal along with Jordan Goodwin and Isaiah Todd from the Washington Wizards in exchange for Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, several second round picks and a pick swap. So um, the Suns are going to have kind of a big four, at, at least as of right now, it's going to be a big four with Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Beal, and our boy, DeAndre Ayton. Now <laughs> <laughs> that's sarcastic, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And there are going to continue to be trade rumors involving Ayton because I'm not sold on the, the idea of, of him staying with that team. I don't think that they're sold on him by any means. And uh, so I think they'll continue to discuss options involving trading him and maybe freeing up some space because now they've, they're sitting on four max contracts with those four guys mm -hmm. and uh, not much else. And they're not going to really be able to do anything else except for add minimum salaried players uh, they traded away all their picks. I don't think they have like any draft picks for the next several years. And the yeah. only the only players under contract besides Beal, Booker, Durant, Ayton, 
Todd, um, are Goodwin and Cameron Payne, and those two are non-guaranteed. So um, they might, out of necessity, have to release one or both of those guys. But, um, yeah, unless they trade Aiton, um, the only thing they can really do at this point is sign a bunch of, you know, minimum salary guys and really probably a mix, not, not too many like solid veterans. It's going to be kind of a mix of like younger guys because the older someone is their minimum goes up higher and higher. So, um, they're not going to be able to sign a bunch of guys who have been in the NBA for 10 plus years. They're going to have to like, just take some former second round draft picks and some really cheap, you know, guys that they can just kind of take a flyer on. And just hope that it, you know, pans out. But it's going to be really tough to, you know, balance those big, huge max contracts at the top of the roster. Yeah, no, it is quite interesting that depth is going to definitely play into this. I I saw them move up. I think some people take them as the favorites now to win the West just with the with that move. But God, it's so weird. And but like you said about DeAndre Ayton. Uh, you know, I'm not a big fan. I, I even put something out on Twitter because people were like, oh, they're going to win the West now. And I was like, if they still have DeAndre Ayton, they're not going to win the West. That's just the way I feel. I think he's awful. I know there's some stats that make him look good, <laughs> but just his effort and things you see on the floor, I just don't like. I even, I even saw a video as a, a teal-colored trash can just getting hit by a car. <laughs> and, it's, and it said something like, oh, DeAndre Ayton, you know, thoughts and prayers got hit by, yeah. <laughs> hit by yeah, a car earlier this day. I laughed a little sums, bit on that. That sums it up perfectly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, the whole thing is interesting. I mean, we, there's other NBA players that went on Twitter too and went out and voiced their um, thoughts on the trade. I, I can't remember who was, man, who the heck was it? I know Josh Hart was pretty vocal about the fact that yeah. there weren't any first round picks involved. Um, yeah. That was kind of surprising. And I agree with him on that, but I mean, my big thing aside from what we just talked about with the roster and we mentioned this before is like Frank Vogel's their coach now, and he's going to have to juggle all of these, you know, all of these attitudes <laughs> and all of these guys, you know, these, these kind of like me first guys, you know, he's going to have to, you know, make it all work. And I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm very skeptical, but, um, Matt Ishbia clearly has a plan and yeah. Chris Paul himself came out and said, you know, Ishbia and Isaiah <laughs> referring to Isaiah Thomas, they have plans of their own. And, uh, yeah, it's just a really yeah, they, odd oh, situation. It was, it was it was uh Yusuf Nurkic put something on. He said Brooklyn 2.0. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, that it did not work at all for them and, you know, Phoenix is going to give it a try with this approach and see. But um yeah, it's going to be tough, man. Well, the, the talent's there. I mean, no no question about it. You put guys like, you know, Booker, Durant, and Beal together. I mean, you've got everything there especially offensively you've got ball handling you've got shooting scoring playmaking mm -hmm. it's all there so um they just kind of have to you know they need to put it all you know put it yeah. all on the line and just you know it's got to be all about the team yeah i'd say going back to vogel i don't i don't even know what kind of coach he is i, I know obviously one championship with la but i mean you had lebron and ad in a bubble so i don't 
I don't know what merit that really holds. Yeah. And they fired him not long after that either. So, you know, yeah, if he's that great, then why was he fired so quickly? Yeah. So obviously they didn't think he could turn, you know, continue to make LA a, or at least LeBron didn't. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Be a championship team again, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. And then even going back further, like you said, Deandre Ayton and the trade value thing, like what kind of trade value does he actually have to me? He doesn't have much trade value. Um, I guess it's in the eyes of the beholder, right? But I think that's the only way you do get other guys to go around those other three. But then who do you get to play in a center spot or a a bigger guy? So I don't know. I think I saw one thing, uh, some Wendell Carter Jr. or something is somebody putting some trade idea together. Orlando has pieces. That actually makes some sense because Orlando has pieces that they could put in to a deal to kind of match the salaries. And that might be a good idea. Um, but yeah, whatever they wind up doing, I mean, clearly it's all predicated on those main guys just checking their egos at the door, you know, and just making it work. And like you said before, like Nurkic said, you know, um, it didn't work in Brooklyn at all. And so once again, Kevin Durant's going to kind of have to lead this group, you know, and, and this approach and just, Hey. You know, everybody can quote get theirs, but it's got to it's got to ultimately be about the team, and you know, not just putting up stats. It's it's got to it's got to result in wins, and you know, um, getting to the playoffs and being a, a legit title contender. It's also gonna you know, it, they're gonna have to rely on their health. They're gonna have to stay healthy, and you know, it's just gonna be it's a it's a it's a big gamble. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. But, um, you know, if it can work, you know, it'll be fun to watch. And, yeah, like we said, Ishbia, he's he's going for it. All right. So that takes care of that trade, I think. Um, I guess. Can we talk about Washington a little bit? Oh, sorry. Yeah, going to Washington. My bad. Yeah. It's a a really, really um, interesting situation for them, too, because they seem poised to be headed towards a, a complete teardown and rebuild, but, um, we don't know. We'll get into like the, the different players that have player options, um, opting in and out of their contracts. We're still waiting on Chris Depp's Porzingis. And that's a big one because, you know, he's set to make $36 million this year, but he can walk away from that and become a free agent. If he opts in and they somehow keep Chris Paul, I mean, they could theoretically throw those two guys out there together and try to somewhat compete this season. Uh, but the more likely scenario is that Chris Paul is rerouted. You know, we'll get into some of those rumors and stuff, but there's a lot of talk out there about they're trying to find a third team to get involved in this trade. This trade isn't like officially official yet. Yeah, yep. um, All the players have been told that they're moving and, you know, we know that Beal's going to be in Phoenix, but like some of these other guys might get rerouted. A third team might get involved or, Um, They might just say, okay, well, um, you know, that's the trade. It's over and done with. And now Washington can, again, either choose to keep Paul or they can't waive him. And, you know, his salary, his contract got guaranteed when he was included in the trade. Um, He had a non-guaranteed contract, but now it's essentially all guaranteed. But they can buy him out. They can negotiate a buyout. And then he would become a free agent and then he'd be able to sign anywhere other than with Phoenix. 
he cannot go back to Phoenix now because he was traded from them. Um, whereas before, you know, we talked the last couple episodes about how the, there were rumors that they were just going to waive him because his contract was non-guaranteed. And if that had happened, Phoenix could have then turned around and re-signed him if they wanted to try, you know, to negotiate a smaller sure. deal with him. And he was interested in that, I think, because, you know, he's got family all on the West Coast and I don't think he wanted to, you know, change scenery again. Um, you know, Phoenix is going to be a good team and, you know, they're going to be a title contender just like they were this year. Um, you know, but they lost early and obviously, you know, they're, they're trying to improve and get better, but in any case, um, yeah, he is traded now. So, so Paul, as of now is on the Washington wizards. We'll see if they keep him. We'll see if they buy him out or we'll see if he gets rerouted. (laughs) He he ends up in Detroit, Monty Williams. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't I be the. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's fine. We could put it out there because, yeah, I mean, it, it. There's always a possibility, but I mean, if they keep him at his current contract, he's making thirty-one million dollars yeah, this yeah, season. Yeah. And why would you do that if you're the Pistons and you have Cade Cunningham and you have Jaden Ivey and yeah, no, it it makes no sense. But we've seen a lot of things that I mean, make no sense. <laughs> you know, he's a he's a veteran guy. We saw a few years ago when he was with the Thunder, you know, that was a young up and coming team yeah. and he helped get them to the playoffs and you know, he was obviously great for their locker room and you know, that's who he is, that's what he does. And like you said, he and Monty Williams, they have that relationship. And it it's not that far fetched, but yeah, I personally I don't want to see it. Um and I'd like to see Chris Paul go to a contender. I'd like to see him go to one of the LA teams. The Clippers sound like they're really interested in, um, you know, getting a reunion with him. So we'll see if they can make something work. It's going to be interesting. But if not, let's say, um, you know, the Wizards go ahead and and just either do a buyout or they do wind up flipping Chris Paul and they get a couple like veteran guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. Their roster as of right now they're looking at guys like Monte Morris, DeLon Wright, Denny Avdia, um, Corey Kispert, Daniel Gafford. Gafford, yeah. Yeah, and then whoever they wind up drafting, you know, and we'll see if they make more moves. Maybe they'll acquire more picks or maybe they'll package some of the ones that they got and try to move up or something. Who knows? There are so many different options. But as of right now, like I said, I think the Wizards are looking headed more towards a rebuilding type of situation. Now, I mean, we said the same thing about the Utah Jazz last Correct. summer. Yep. And they big time overachieved. Yeah, started you know. started on a tear to begin the season and Yeah. came back down to earth, but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's something that the Wizards could try to do too. You know, we'll have to wait and see, but th- their their roster is kind of completely wide open at this point. Yeah. And then Actually, yeah, we were going to get away from this, but we may as well just go into the the other teams and the the other uh, opt-ins and people we're waiting for and stuff anyway since we're on the subject. Um, yeah. Because talking about Washington, you think about Kyle Kuzma now, and I know he just opted out. Um, so obviously that plays into things, however that um, pans out. Yeah, and we, we kind of knew that Kuzma was going to opt out. In fact, sure. several players have opted out of their contracts. Uh, Draymond Green... Uh, Josh Hart, Bruce Brown, Montrez Harrell, those guys have all opted out of their contracts. So they are set to become free agents this summer. Um, 
couple guys that opted in that exercise their player options and will return to their teams. Gary Trent Jr. He is going to be returning to the Toronto Raptors. And Danilo Gallinari, um, not a huge surprise there. He was injured all of last season. Um, he exercised his option to return to the Boston Celtics. Um, another player who's injured is Victor Oladipo. He has a player option. I'd be stunned if he opted out. I think he will exercise his player option and return to Miami. He'll continue to rehab. You know, we talked all about how he got hurt during the playoffs and yep, he's going to still be out a little while. So um, we are still waiting on a handful of players, uh, some big ones, James Harden, Chris Depps, Porzingis, like we mentioned, Chris Middleton, a um, couple guys from Utah, Jordan Clarkson, Taylor Horton Tucker, and then a couple guys from the Bulls, Andre Drummond and Derek Jones Jr. I don't believe there have been any updates on any of those guys. So um, most of them have about a week or so, I think, to make that decision. Yeah. Um, it all has to be done before July because obviously July is when free agency begins. So, um, in any case, yeah, some of those are going to be, you know, they're going to change the whole, you know, outlook of their teams. And I'm sure teams are kind of preparing already for whether or not those guys do opt in or out. Um, and we've talked about some of them, you know, Harden, there's all kinds of rumors about him going back to Houston. Um, at this point, I'd be pretty stunned if he didn't opt out. Um, yeah, though there has been some stronger rumors circulating again that he looks like he's closer to staying with Philly now. It's it's weird. It depends who you talk to or what you read. But well, what I think is, I think he's going to opt out, and then he'll just sign a new deal. You know, and then it'll either he'll either sure. resign with Philly, or he'll go somewhere else like a Houston or wherever. Um, but I'd be pretty stunned if he if he didn't opt out of his current contract and become a free agent. Oh yeah. No, he'll definitely test and see what he can get. But um poor Zingas is up in the air. He could go either way. I mean, he's like we said, he's gonna gonna make, you know, thirty six million this season. He might take that money and just say, Hey, look, you know, I'm coming off a really good year. You know, I'll Yeah, yeah, I, but I guess I look at the other way where he's been so injury prone and he's had a good year. So what a great time to restructure something. That's like what that. I personally so, would do yeah. if I was him. I would I would opt out you know, capitalize on the last season that he had and, and yep. try to get that long-term, if, especially if it's out there, you know, if his agent is getting a lot of positive feedback from teams, um, then I absolutely would. But if a lot of teams are saying, you know, we don't know how we're going to be spending our money and we're kind of hesitant, um, then maybe it makes more sense to opt in, exercise the player option, and then try to, you know, negotiate an extension, which is also a possibility. Um, you know, or just hope for the best play on the, the 36 million for this season, become a free agent next summer and try to capitalize. He has some options. And then, you know, in turn, the wizards have options. Cause like we said, they could either keep him or they could trade him. You know, um, there's a, there's a lot that they could do a lot of different yeah. directions they could go in. So. I'm actually seeing a report now that looks like the wizards are looking to have Kuzma, Resign him to a four-year deal. Wow! See but, that I'm, I'm kind of stunned by that too. I kind of feel like they'd be better off just letting him walk. But I guess then you know, people would say, well, you could have traded him too, and you didn't get anything for him. So, 
I don't know. Like we said, it they're a really tough team to kind of project right now, you know, and they're going to be, we're going to have to see who they draft and we're gonna have to see, you know, the first few weeks of free agency, we're going to have to see kind of what all they do, you know, and if they do re-sign Kuzma, um, you know, if Porzingis opts out, do they try to re-sign him too? Um, do they do a sign and trade? Those are options for both of those guys. So, yeah. um, yeah, we'll have to see how it plays out. Chris Middleton's a guy to me that I kind of feel like no matter what, he's going to be back with Milwaukee. You know, if he opts out and becomes a free agent, I don't really see him leaving. I see him just staying with Milwaukee. Um, and same thing with Draymond. We talked about how Draymond Green opted out of his contract. Correct. I fully expect him to go back to Golden State. I don't even think he's going to entertain other teams. He might, but uh, I don't see it. I think he'll go right back to Golden State. He wants to match his contract. He wants to align his with Steph's. And I think Steph is on a three-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that makes sense. I, I would assume he stays there, too. Obviously, there's those rumors, too. And they had uh, he was talking to what LeBron or something. And they were over in France having lunch or something <laughs> one day. There's yeah. pictures. So who knows? Maybe he ends up going to L.A. or something. But, yeah, no, I, the best thing for him would be to stay in Golden State. Um, and I, I know they want him there, right? The ownership wants him there. So. And I think they have, you know, with the rules and stuff, I think they have the ability to pay him a little bit more because they own his rights and all that stuff. Um, but I'm no expert on that. <laughs> and I was gonna uh, say, I'm not an expert on a lot of this stuff. This, a lot of this stuff is getting new to me when you get into contracts and things like that. And it's going to nope. be tough because Steph Curry, yeah, he has three more years and he's going to be making over $50 million in each season. In fact, it's 52 next season, uh, almost 56 million the following year, and then almost $60 million in the 2025-26 season. Um, and then Clay Thompson, he's going to be this, he's heading into his last season. He's making 43 million. And Andrew, yeah, Andrew Wiggins, he's, he just signed a, 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 a huge deal. So he's under contract for the next several years, but he's over $24 million the next three seasons alone. So yeah, they're not going to have a lot of wiggle room there. It's going to be really interesting to see how they're going to make that work. You know, dream. might like, have to take less money. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to look like Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, it is, but so, we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I think with fantasy and stuff in NBA, yeah, the contract stuff, man, that's out of my wheelhouse. I got to learn more. Hopefully I learn more here as we continue doing this, the, the pods and the podcast and stuff. But uh, I more or less get to fantasy season and I'm like, I got to draft some guy. I don't care what contract he's under. I just <laughs> want him to be good this year. And that's so. just it. You know, we've talked about how, you know, there's a lot of talk out there, no pun intended, but at the end of the day, you just have to kind of sit back and watch where these guys go and then, you know, figure out from there. You know, because we could talk about rumors all day long. Yep, yep. But at the end of the day, it's about what actually happens and then looking at the rosters and saying, okay, here's how we think it's going to play out from here with these players all intact, all on the roster and all ready to go. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I totally cut you off and talking about Washington, but I'll pop here into uh, 
one of the things we knew, I think we talked about it last pod too, the John Moran suspension was going to drop yeah. um, and we kind of picked it to drop right after the finals and it did. Um, I think we recorded and we were like, it's probably going to drop tomorrow. And I yeah. did. So um, whatever, 25 games uh, we've seen. Which was right what you guessed. It, yeah. You yeah. nailed that. I think, yeah. Did I say 25 or did I? Yeah, no, I did. You're right. I it was right around was. that. Yeah. I, it was like 25, was, 30. Yeah. In my mind, I was like, it's going to be more than what the original one was, obviously. And it's going to be less than a half season because I don't think they're going to take him out for that long. Um, in the back of my mind, though, I was like, oh, it could definitely be a half a season. Um, I, Nonetheless, I I think it's fine. I I guess I don't really care. The thing I still have the problem with is these these apologies and things. We've, we saw the he put out another letter. Obviously, it was just a PR letter from an agent mm-hmm. or something. Um, but there's this rumor going around everywhere that they use chat GPT to write his <laughs> apology letter. So somebody went on chat GPT, obviously, and they um, basically just put in, write me an apology letter for John Morant. And basically word <laughs> for word, the letter that he put out was what it was. Now, my question is, I mean, chat, so chat GPT, I'm sure many people know it's, it's basically AI technology driven language, yeah. uh, uh, processing tool, I guess, if you will. So basically it scrubs stuff, I believe from the internet and all different places to put together responses for questions and stuff that you would have, um, uh, online. So you just throw in a question and then it gives you that. So my question is like, Hey, that letter was already out there. So if you put into this thing, Hey, give me an apology letter from John Morant. Does it just pull what it found already? That's so. true. That's a good point. But um, I remember Mark Cuban said, you know, this is kind of becoming the future of journalism and media and they might be doing away with, you know, public relations pretty soon and <laughs> might be going to more of this type of thing, you know, with AI. But yeah, you know. and, and we see kids now getting caught in school doing, you know, chat GPT, doing their homework and stuff. But yeah. I don't know. It's out there. I just thought it was funny. But then I also took it, it and I'm going to make this make a point out of this so i I have seen a couple more reviews on like spotify and itunes so we appreciate the people that threw some out there if you didn't please go out there and put reviews now as i say that i actually went to chat gpt right now and i put write me a review for menace podman and immediately the title for it is menace podman an engaging and thrilling podcast experience rating five out of five stars and then it gives this whole thing and it can keep going but it just talks about how extraordinary we are and how captivated you got. So basically what I'm saying is you don't have to write the review, have chat GPT, write the review, <laughs> paste it into the iTunes or the Spotify or wherever you listen to us and stream us and just put that <laughs> review in there. So it really doesn't take any time for you um, to do that for us. And it bumps us up the charts a little bit. And that's what, yes. And for that, we, like we are this. very thankful. Exactly. We need that exposure. We'll appreciate it. But but yeah, I guess 25 games, long run. Who cares? It's fine. I just hope he fixes himself here. <laughs> yeah, and in terms of fantasy, I mean, Tyus Jones becomes the starter again, you know, but there have been a lot of rumors about they might be looking to trade him. And if they do, obviously, they're going to have to bring someone else in. Um, so that interest, that situation will be very interesting to see how it unfolds and, you know, what else they're going to be able to do. I don't know. I mean, I don't see them going out and trying to sign a James Harden or a Fred Van Vliet or somebody like that. But maybe they go out and trade for, you know, a veteran that's already 
under contract with a team that could step in and start for the first 25 games. Yeah. I guess also to the way the NBA is set up now where you have top 10, you know, you, you can make play in games, but not even having that great of records, 25 games to me, doesn't play that much into it. I'm sure, you know, Memphis isn't the worst team in the world, so they're still going to win those. I, they proved it actually last year when he was suspended, they were winning games when uh, Ja wasn't playing. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they've got a, the rest of their team has to stay healthy. You know, we talked about how they had so many problems with like Steven Adams being out, uh, Brandon Clark, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. was healthy last year, but we all know he's had, you know, his fair share of health concerns and issues, you know, in the past. Um, Desmond Bain, you know, uh, Dylan Brooks, they've already said will not be back. So they're going to have to, you know, replace him in the lineup. And so, yeah, they've got a lot of work to do and there's no guarantee that they're going to, you know, be able to tread water those first 25 games. You know, the West is a tough conference and, uh, you know, a lot of teams are going to come in hungry and ready to go. So, yeah, they're going to have to, you know, get a little aggressive and, and do something. I, I think it would make more sense for them to just use Tyus Jones. He's proven that, you know, he's a very reliable point guard, you know, very capable of starting. Mm-hmm. and helping a team win. So I would just stick with him if I was them and just try to, you know, work on shoring up some of those other spots on the roster. You know, they need to get some more depth at center. You know, I don't know how much we can rely on Steven Adams at this point moving forward. He's getting older. He's getting a little frail. And then, like we said, there's small forward positions wide open. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, interesting to see what they do here in the off season since they have time to prepare here. Um, but yeah, I guess speaking of off season and stuff, we talked about drafting tomorrow. Um, obviously when you listen to this, the direct draft probably already happened unless you listen to this right when we, uh, public shit, as far as the draft's concerned, I guess, I mean, I think we have some consensus picks, obviously the top three and maybe two and three swip swap. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, in my opinions, uh, not sure how you feel about it. I actually don't know a lot about these guys. Um, I think I focus so much more now on the actual NBA as it's going on. Than, yeah. Uh, the college guys and even, you know, the G League guys and international guys and things like that. There's too many places to pay attention to different prospects and stuff. Yeah, so. it's really tough, you know, and, it, you know, with early entries and a lot of the guys not even going to college now, you know, opting for the G league instead, you know, or, or Europe or whatever, like you said, it's too hard to follow, you know, every year with all the names changing around and stuff. So yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't really know too many of these guys. I, a big thing for me is seeing where they go. And yep. then watching them in summer league and getting an idea of, okay, okay, here's their game. You know, here's kind of their skill set and how it works with the franchise that drafted them, you know, and that way you can kind of tell, you can get an idea of who can play and, and get an idea of, of how these teams view these players. You know, some teams are going to draft guys and they're going to be like, that's our starter at whatever spot from day one, no questions asked. But a lot of these other ones, you know, they'll have to kind of prove themselves and they'll kind of have to showcase themselves during summer league and show that they're ready to go from the get go. And if not, um, they might have to wait a little bit. You know, we talked a lot. I talked a lot about how much I love Tari Eason. Mm -hmm. I watched him last summer during summer league. And I said, 
if they let him play, he's going to be awesome. And of course, we we spent a lot of time last season talking about how Houston did not play him right away. In fact, the majority of the season, you know, he was coming off the bench. He was getting minimal playing time. You could see that the potential was there. You could see that the talent was there. Uh, but yeah, every situation is different. So yeah, this lot- and that situation is kind of similar to the Walker Kessler situation where it took Kelly Olenek to get injured to pop out to give more time to uh, Kessler and come up. And then he basically was starting after that. So exactly. Um, so, yep. Yeah. That's exactly what we're talking about. But yeah, no, I, I think as far as these people are concerned in the draft, I think this is exactly what you said, summer league stuff. And I think it's going to make all the difference. And I think to me, there's the bottom part, like after the lottery in the first round and the second, early second round, third round, even, I think that's where people are just going to come out of the woodwork and show themselves. I, I don't. Absolutely. I, don't I guess I just don't see it being this very heavy first round draft this year. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that maybe we're proved wrong, but I mean, every draft there's people that get drafted so far down there and they become stars in the NBA and stuff. So yeah. we have no idea what's going to happen with the draft, obviously, but um, we do know Victor is going to get picked first. <laughs> yeah. We can get that one out of the way. Um, and then after that, you know, there's the Scoot Henderson, uh, Brandon Miller debate. Um, I, What's I your see. take on that? Let's get into that one real quick. So there's there's a few things here. I Scoot Henderson, I haven't seen any of other than the highlight reels and stuff because I don't, I yeah, just don't watch same. G League. That's yep. just the way it is. Brandon Miller, however, I watched. I watched Alabama um, playing. I mean, they were number one seed and they were I think ranked number one for a lot of that year uh, last year so I've seen a lot of Brandon Miller but I also know Brandon Miller got tied up <laughs> with his yeah. friends and the little um off the court stuff yep and I don't know maybe just because I, it's probably I shouldn't even think of that right it shouldn't even play into the factor well, into it, but it does and it factors it into me and I, and I think I would take a scoop better over the Brandon Miller just because of that off the court situation now, as far as like NBA skills, and I, I, I don't know, because like I said, I haven't watched Scoot enough, and I know he's playing in the G League. How different is G League talent compared to NCAA talent? I don't really know. I, maybe it's kind of apples to apples in a way. I'm not sure. So. Well, see, so this is where we were getting into like the situation and like looking at the teams. And if you look at the Charlotte Hornets roster, you say to yourself, well, they have LaMelo Ball, they have Terry Rozier. Why would they take? scoot henderson mm-hmm. when they could take a brandon miller who provides a much bigger need for them well for me scoot henderson's the better player talent wise overall yeah and i just think he has a little bit more upside so i personally would probably lean towards scoot with that second pick but that's a tough you know it's a tough decision they could go either way it sounds like they've had both players in uh, for workouts and interviews and all that stuff. So, you know, they're going to make that selection. It's going to be one of the two, unless they decide to trade the pick. I was going to say, and that's the huge thing too. We got going on is all this discussion about different trades. We got the, in this article here that we're kind of taking a lot of this from, from NBA.com is yeah. they talk about Dame Lillard and the off season and things like that. So Dame saying that whole Dame situation, I, kind of pissing me off actually lately. Um, yeah, same. Like how he can just demand, you know, I want this here or that there. I kind of feel like he's just trying to make Portland look so bad. And 
But if Portland's a team that doesn't want to invest right now, they, I mean, we've seen that from other teams. They just, yeah, he's a great player market team. He's a great player. He's been with that organization his entire career. And he, and he said like, I, I want to stay there and I want to help bring them a championship. That's all I've ever wanted. Yeah. But you know, it's easier said than done. But the thing is, is it, he hasn't won anything, you know, as great as he is, you know, he can't demand anything. Mm-hmm. And, and because he's a professional athlete, his team can do whatever they want with him. I mean, that's just how the business works. Like if they want to trade him, they can trade him at any time and he can, you know, I know it, his contract, he's, he's got a, um, the trade opt out, whatever the, um, yeah, yeah, he, he, he has say and where and when he can get traded. Um, you know, he has a clause in his contract or whatever, but beside, you know, aside from that, you know, they could, Portland can move him, you know, pretty much whenever they want to. So, you know, he's basically, I think what he's trying to do is he's just trying to very clearly say, Hey, look, you know, if you guys want to, move in a different direction and do more of a rebuild, go ahead and move me. Um, but if you're not going to move me, I don't want any kind of a rebuild. And I don't want a, a youth movement. I want veteran guys who are ready to win now. Correct. And I don't blame him for saying that, but I do agree with you that, you know, there are more private ways that you could communicate that than all this yeah. public stuff. But uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe no, he's said- done that and he's saying, you know what? They're not listening enough, so I'm going to go public with this and see if they listen to me a little bit more. Um, this is, I would this argue is that they've that they have listened to him because the players that they've brought in, you know, Jeremy Grant, that was a win now type of move in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like they've they've had Nurkic for a while; he's been in and out of the lineup. Um, Anthony Simons, he's a young guy that they drafted and then they you know re-signed him last summer to a big contract. Um, and obviously they've drafted some players the last few years and they're going to have a a big pick right here at number three. So, um, you know, if they keep the pick, that's another young guy that they're going to be looking to develop. And so I think he's just kind of saying, Hey, look, you know, you got to pick one way or the other, you know, if we're all about developing young talent, I don't think I want to stick around for that. Correct. And I guess I'm more, I guess I'm more pissed off because it's just getting dragged on. It's been like how many years has it been of the same story? Yeah, and that's you know not his fault. That's the fault of the organization. But you're right. It's I guess it's also... I feel sorry, but I, I guess I feel if if Dame's that worked up about it and they haven't done anything for like, I'm saying at least three years, right? It's, he's he's expressed this for for a long time. Just demand a trade. Get out of there. Why are you yeah. just dragging it on? So. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. And I think, again, the whole public thing, if he has a, a, a stance, I think he just needs to communicate that with the, the Portland Trailblazers, you know, and, and just go from there, you know, between him and his agent, you know, they should be yeah. able to do that. And if he demands a trade, it's going to go public anyway. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So, it yeah. Just, it I just think... seems like so much more talk now than actual actions. And just Maybe he's saying, the... this is your last chance before <laughs> yes. I demand a trade. This is your last chance before the next last chance. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I, I hope that's not the case, but, you know, I guess never say never. No, um, but we'll see. It, it, my personal opinion, he just needs to move on. They just need to move him. I don't think he stays in Portland. They just got to get him out and get him happy. And, and 
that's fine. Just yeah, because I mean, here's the thing: like, even if they say, "Okay, we're going to trade all of our young players and get guys right now," they're still behind the eight ball because you still got all these other teams yeah. in the league. You know, we just talked all about Phoenix. Uh, we've talked about Golden State. We've talked about the teams in LA. Both of them. Those ha- those teams have multiple superstar players. So. Yeah. Even if they say, all right, we're going to get a superstar player, who are you going to get? You know? And how are you going to get him? Yeah. So it's easier said than done. All right. So let's pop back into the actual uh, draft here. I got a little off subject yeah. there. But um, I guess moving in, just some storylines of what the Thompson twins, and I'm not talking about the hold me now Thompson twins and <laughs> 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 Rockets and the Magic. Um, that one's for you, Tim. Um, <laughs> uh, so they have the, the ability, they, they could be the first, uh, siblings both drafted in the top 10, which could be pretty yeah. cool. Um, so that's out there. Um, I know, um, right now the consensus pick for the Pistons is Cam Whitmore. And I know mm-hmm. you want to get some more, uh, Pistons opinions. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, Whitmore would be a really good fit. Um, I think the Thompson twins would be a good fit too. I mean, at this point, just whoever they deem best available and the Pistons are another team that could choose to trade their pick, you know, and Troy Weaver came out and said all options are on the table. You know, he's kind of said that every year. Um, but this year more than ever, it kind of feels like they're, you know, they're looking at every option, you know, and if they like somebody a lot, they'll take them. Um, if they're not real sold on anybody, um, you know, they'll look to make, make a trade or two. So, um, you know, and we won't know because, you know, they could always draft somebody and then turn around and flip that player after he's been drafted. So, you know, we'll just have to kind of watch the whole evening and watch these next couple of weeks and just kind of see how everything unfolds. But, um, what's good is usually, you know, like after the draft teams come out, they interview their players, you know, the players come to the podium, they talk and everybody talks about, you know, this was our guy from the get go and, you know, we love him and, you know, we want him here and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, you'll really get us, you'll, you'll get to see, you know, who sticks around and who gets moved. So, and there will be trades. There will be lots of trades. So I'd, I'd actually love to see Whitmore here too. Um, for two reasons. One, because yes, he's, he's a pretty good player. We could use him Two. Um, everybody around here in Michigan, our governor is Gretchen Whitmer, and you either love her or hate her, depending on what side of Iowa you're on. I'm not getting into politics, but nonetheless, yeah. people mispronounce her name Whitmore all the time. <laughs> so I think I think it would be a lot of fun to just confuse the shit out of people to have Cam Whitmore, Whitmore, and then Governor Whitmer. That yeah, everybody pronounces incorrectly Whitmore. So get some um, shirts, and that would be something my dad would do. He was like, <laughs> governor Whitmore. Um, anyways, get um, a Whitmer Jersey. <laughs> uh, that'd be fix complete. the damn roads. Yeah. It'd be fix the damn team. That'd be <laughs> the new slogan. <laughs> anyways. Um, so yeah, uh, you're right. A lot of options there. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of possibilities. Yeah. So we'll continue on. Um, yeah. Uh, Pacers down at seven. They got them slotted into Jairus Walker. I've, I've seen him also be connected to the Pistons as well. Um, I've seen that going back and forth between Whitmore and Walker. Again, no huge opinions from me. I'm sure these teams can better judge um, talents and players than I can. <laughs> so, so I'll have to kind of trust them. But sometimes they can't. 
Um, <laughs> so we'll see how that plays out. Um, and again, trades are on the table. Yeah, I think I just I think it's so hard to take these, you know, even just these lottery picks and be like, this is where people are going, because I think there is going to be tons of trades. I think people are going to move around, especially this year. So many teams have come out and said, you know, we're talking to people, we're talking to other teams. And yeah, it seems like it's going to be, you know, a busy night tomorrow. But yeah, because I had talked about I hyped it up a little bit here on our last week's podcast that we'd get into the draft stuff. And then the more and more I looked at it, I was like, I just I feel like I'm doing this research for nothing. Because you you know yeah. you can go out there and you can find teams' needs and spots they need to fill, and that would yeah. be the best way you're going to put somebody. But I just think stuff's going to move around. I think people are going to be drafting people for other teams just yeah. to move them later. I I don't know. So it, it turned into a little bit more than I thought it would be, and I think it's just one of those things you just let play out. That's why I said last week I'm more excited to talk about it after the fact. I'm excited to see where these guys actually get selected and who gets traded right away. And then we can kind of get a, a better sense of like how the roster looks and okay, you know, this guy looks like he's going to be slotted in here, um, could start, could come off the bench, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. that, like I said, that goes right into free agency. Okay. So here, here are the holes still on the roster, you know, and, and, you know, here are some guys that they could maybe look at to fill those holes. So, you know. uh, yeah, but just on the record, like I said, Marcus Sasser's my guy out of Houston. I think he could be a sleeper here in this draft so i got to put it out there just in case it happens to do it like ESPN, like it. right <laughs> we can't get out of this conversation without talking about grady dick i was gonna say um <laughs> yeah that'll I, speaking I of jersey options and speaking of grady dick um <laughs> no I don't, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> Zion Williamson. Um, he's been in the news a lot lately. <laughs> and uh, what a segue. No, no, I don't. I don't even want to talk about him that much, but that is a very interesting situation that's developing over there in New Orleans. And if he gets moved or something just because of this stuff, it'd be crazy. But um, yeah, <laughs> I'll just stop there. All right. So now we got to get into, I got some WNBA updates. Here's the dub date. So we got the dub date as we dubbed it, the WNBA update. Um, and it's a lot of the same, actually. There's there's not too much stuff. There was a great game, though, last Saturday uh, with the Storm and uh, Dallas Wings. I almost called them Texas because they played with the I don't want to interrupt. Jersey. Yeah, I don't sure. want to interrupt, but this one's a big one. We have a new sound clip for the dub date. Yeah, and that was it, which you just heard. I'll play it one more time. Here's the dub date. Fantastic clip. Added Sorry, I'm not hearing it on my end, so. Oh, really? Oh, crap. I'm not on live. That's why. Good thing I didn't do many other uh, things. I'm sorry. <laughs> we had a little technical issue about 10 minutes ago um, yes. with internet dropping, so that's the reason for this. Um, Here's the dub date. Hopefully you heard it that time. There you go. I play. I did play it. I apologize. I did switch the soundboard over to live there after we lost internet connection. But no worries. It's early in the season. Yeah, that'll be good for next uh, next uh, next week. It'll it'll be in the right spot. Nonetheless, sweet game. Uh, I was calling Dallas Texas because they wore their Texas jerseys with Texas on it. I don't know why they do that, but whatever. Uh, It was awesome game uh, to. uh, Arike Agumboale and Joel Lloyd, who've just been amazing this season. uh, Arike had 41 points, shot seven for 14 from three. Uh, Jewel Lloyd had 39 points, shot seven for 12 from three. It was 
an incredible offensive display between two awesome fighting Irish um, players out of Notre Dame there. So Dallas ended up winning that game 109-103 last Saturday, and it was just awesome. So it was a sweet game. If you love offense, you love basketball, you'd love that game. Then, I think it was yesterday, yes, on June 20th here, um, it was probably one of the worst games you'll ever watch in WNBA uh, between <laughs> Dallas as well and Atlanta. And there were 10 technical fouls that were called in this game. Yeah, I saw that. It was insane. There were people. A league record. Yeah, people were complaining about it all over. However, I mean, there was five defensive three second calls, one delay a game, and then four personal um, texts. So I don't know if it's just poor refereeing or, I mean, who knows? Were the real violations, you know? call the game how you see it but then at the same time you know call the game don't control it so exactly <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so so moving on WNBA stuff uh, just injuries here um real quick the probably three now four big ones i guess um Sabrina UNESCO New York uh, she's day to day with little hamstring tweak i think she's not supposed to be in next game so we'll see how that goes but she, she may be in um so take a look at that um uh, Brianna Jones in Connecticut. She actually was helped off the court, I think, yesterday on Tuesday the 20th. Um, Non-contact leg injury. I don't know what that's going to end up turning out to be. Um, Something to look into, though, if you need to replace her. Um, And then also in Phoenix, I know you have Brittany Griner. I think she's still got her hip issue. She's actually been ruled out today on the 21st, and as well as uh, Deanna Taurasi with some hammy issues as well she's supposed to be out as well so if you're looking for streamers uh phoenix tonight on wednesday if you listen to this in time might have some good streamers um for those options just to boost some points for your uh for your week then as far as picking people up we mentioned Haley jones and jordan horston out of seattle Mm -hmm. last week um they they've both been pretty well so they're good little pickups that not everybody has they're out there and you need a spot to fill and then also uh sutton with Phoenix is still putting up some big points. Um, Picked her up this morning. Yeah, well, there you go. So she's available in many leagues, though. But uh, with all the Phoenix injuries, um, could be huge to to pick her up. So, yep. Just keep streaming. Yep. And then one other uh, WNBA update. I just want to mention um, Kelvin Kevin Pelton at K Pelton WBB on Twitter. He covers the uh, women's basketball for ESPN.com, and he does a great job covering them um he actually puts out stats i believe it's weekly he puts it out um with a warp so wins above replacement uh at a per game basis so that's what the warp is and they're awesome it's just awesome stats if you're looking to you know look at trade value of some players or just picking up other people replacing people playing somebody else over in a lineup when you have these um, thursdays and sundays that are have a full roster or a full slate of games um so it's something to look into. It's pretty cool. It's a it's a nice stat to to have in your back pocket. So, and then I think that's about all I have. Um, what else did I need to say? I can't remember. Oh, we picked up a nice somewhat partnership with. Uh, well, we had the one with Outlier.bet. So if you're going to make yeah. some bets, um, you know, go check out Outlier. They got some. You know, the sweet platform out there, they got the app out there and they got the WNBA stats on there. Also, I mean, this is a basketball podcast, but hey, use them for baseball, use them for whatever. Mm-hmm. It's out there. And then also we use Podcastle, um, which to do some editing and stuff on our podcast. So 
if you think you can make a better podcast than us or you want to start your own podcast, go for it <laughs> and check out Podcastle because you could definitely um, use their tools. There's a link as well to Outlier and Podcastle on the top of our Twitter page. They've been awesome. They have. They actually interview us individually just to see, you know, what kind of things we used and how we use things and how they can improve their um, their platform and site. So it's kind of cool when people are asking you uh, for some ideas. So anyways, that's all I got, my brother. <laughs> Time to go, Marilyn. So I think that does it for this podcast. Hopefully the technical difficulties in there, you can't hear them. I'll try and edit them out with the assistance of Podcastle. Um, <laughs> nice. Again, we thank everybody uh, for listening to Menace Podman. You can find new episodes every week. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, of course, at Menace Podman. If you haven't already, we thank everybody, the Spotify, iTunes, Riverside, Amazon, Podcastle, Google Podcasts, all those people that help us put our uh, podcast out there. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's about all I got. We encourage everybody, like I mentioned at the top, leave a review, even if it's generated by chat GPT. That's totally cool. And uh, <laughs> we will take that. Give us some five stars to, to help us get into some other ears. So hopefully like what you're hearing and uh, hopefully enjoy season two. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Parliament.